Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 7th, 2016. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and your host for the Locked On Magic podcast. Be sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you can download podcasts. And we have a busy show for you today. Of course, we'll be recapping a big win for the Orlando Magic over the Washington Wizards. Always a big win over the Washington Wizards. They haven't beaten them in Washington in the last 10 tries, so that's five years, essentially, that the Magic have not won in D.C. Well, they got that win and and did so in very impressive fashion. And we'll talk a little bit about Alfred Payton and what he brought to the table on Tuesday that was so critical to the win. We'll then close out with a talk a little bit about closing. It, It rose its ugly head a little bit in the in the game on Tuesday. So I'll talk a little bit about how the Magic started the year closing games really well and are now finding themselves struggling a little bit to finish games off. Of course, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all those fun places that you can download podcasts. You can also check out some of the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There is a fantastic series that's been going on for the last last week or so over from our pal, pals at Locked On Wizards. Uh, ben Standig, who uh, hosts Locked On Wizards, uh, had a conversation with a former Washington Post beat writer and now working for The Vertical, Michael Lee, about the Ernie Grunfeld era. Uh, did a whole episode on Gilbert Arenas, so there's some Orlando Magic talk in there. Uh, but just a really interesting conversation. I've been listening to it. It's been fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward to part three. I, I still have to listen to part three, which is on the Mike Miller trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I actually kind of have a strange connection to there. Uh, and... Uh, part four, I believe, uh, came out uh, ahead of tonight's, ahead of last night's game against the Orlando Magic. So again, highly suggest you check that out. Some good NBA history if uh, that's what you're into. But of course, the only NBA history that Magic fans probably care about today is Tuesday's game over the Washington Wizards. A 124, that's right, I said 124, 124-116 victory for the Orlando Magic over the Washington Wizards. A huge victory for the team. Closed out the road trip with a big victory. Four-run road trip. The first time they've done that since that vaunted 2009 team. Uh, so the Magic hit some pretty big territory now. that The road trip wasn't exactly the, the sternest of tests, but they did beat the Spurs. They did beat the Pistons. They probably should have beat the Grizzlies. Um, so they, they picked up some nice wins. Beating the Wizards and the Sixers should have been a given. Uh, Grizzlies technically ahead of them on record, so not a huge loss there for the Magic either. But a 4-1 road trip is nothing to sneeze at, uh, something that this team has struggled with. I mean, I think last year when the Magic went out on their December road trip, we got excited that they were coming home 2-3. and three. We said, oh, they survived this road trip. They finished at about 500. This time they came home ahead. They came home with a winning record. They came home, frankly, with an, with an identity, a defensive identity. That didn't quite happen in Tuesday's game. The Orlando Magic struggled 
A lot on the defensive end. Uh, John Wall scored 52 points, burying the lead there that he scored that many, but they still lost. Orlando, though, had a season-high 13 blocks. three, Four from Serge Ibaka, three from Bismack Biombo, three from Aaron Gordon, and three from Alfred Payton. So, big block party. The Magic were active around the basket, active keeping players away from the rim. There were a few times that I think Wizards players drove into the lane, saw Bismack Biombo lurking, and peeled right off or looked to make a pass. And that helped the Magic create some turnovers, get out in transition, score a lot of points. And the Magic were making shots for a change, too. They shoot 51.8% from the floor. Alfred Payton, I'll talk a little bit more in depth about him. 9 for 12, 3 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 for 4 from the line. I think he made his first nine shots in the game. It was at least his first eight, but I think it was his first nine. He scored 25 points, had 22 in the first half, two off his career high, so he sets a career high with 25 points. Jeff Green, 20 points, played really well at two um, to, to round out the scoring there. Where this game really turned was the beginning of the second quarter when that second unit came in. When it was Alfred Payton, Jody Meeks uh, in the game, Jeff Green in the game. They moved the ball really, really well. Uh, the Wizards bench is just a disaster, so Orlando just smothered them defensively, went on a big run, took over the game, and won the whole, really won the game there. They took as much as a 20-point lead in the third quarter, held on to it as John Wall kept on attacking and attacking and attacking and attacking, uh, and ended up with the big victory. Like I said, this wasn't the prettiest game. I'm sure Frank Vogel will have some things to point out when they when they get together before uh, Wednesday night's game against Boston Celtics. They won't shoot around uh, as, as they're traveling tonight, um, so everyone needs to get their sleep um, a little bit. Uh, but plenty to work on defensively. They still showed some nice things defensively, don't get me wrong. Still did some nice things defensively. The, the shot blocking was really, really good. But John Wall was just... He was on an onslaught all game long, or, and really certainly in the second half more than the first half. Uh, in the second half, he scores. Let me pull up the stats here real fast. In the second half, John Wall scored 33 of his 52 points, made four of seven from beyond the arc. He was just going straight line to the rim every time, and the Magic really could not stop him. They stopped him enough, though, and that's all that matters. They got up 20, held on to the lead. I think the Wizards got it down to 9 or 8 at one point, uh, but couldn't get much closer. Orlando always had an answer, either a big 3, big shot to answer. Jeff Green had a nice play. Alfred Payton made a nice assist. Um, Life is easier when you're making shots. You can play some shoddy defense, some highlight real defense, if not good defense, uh, when you have a lead like the Magic have. And, you know, what I kind of think is really important about this game is for the first time all year, the Magic's defense was average, and yet the Magic still won the game. And not only won the game, but won it running away. They were clearly the better team all night. If not for John Wall's star power, the Magic probably would have won this game fairly easier, much easier, which is saying something of how far this team has come. The ball movement was much better, uh, was, was pretty good, but I would even say offensively, the Magic were a little too stagnant at times, especially early in the game. They took a 7-0 lead, kind of gave that one away as they they got a little bit stuck in stagnation, really giving into isos. Alfred Payton, like I said, really changed the game, was able to kind of probe and keep the ball moving without the pass so much while still playing kind of the isolation ball that the Magic got away with. Uh, This was, again, a a game where the Magic made shots, and making shots covers up a lot of holes, uh, but you got to win those games sometimes too, and the Magic certainly won this game, again, running away 
114 or 124 to 116. So a very nice victory for the Orlando Magic. Close out the road trip at 4 and 1. Like I said, big kind of momentum building road trip, big kind of chemistry building road trip, big identity building road trip as well. And it looks like the Magic feel very comfortable with who they are. A lot more celebrations on the court um, than we were seeing earlier. Uh, a big, a big thing actually was about that. About that, um, Serge Ibaka is looking for a new nickname for his uh, thumbs down block celebration. Uh, so that that'll be decided uh, during the telecast of Wednesday's game against the Boston Celtics. Uh, so, you know, this team is is having fun playing with each other, and and winning does that. Moving on, though, there is another game Wednesday night. This is not over yet. This the season does not stop, does not let you celebrate, and the Magic are in the midst of their only stretch of four games and five nights for the season. So the minute, so the the Boston Celtics will bring a different challenge for the Magic. And frankly, if they play the way they did on Tuesday night, they are probably not going to beat the Boston Celtics uh, for the most part. Um, Boston plays very staunch defense, or they're not their defense isn't quite at the level that it used to be, but they can ramp it up a little bit if you let them get out in transition. They're still very dangerous. Al Horford's obviously one of the best big men in the league. Isaiah Thomas, I really love watching him play. He's just an absolute joy to watch. He makes the right decisions more often than not. So I I look forward to seeing him play. This will be actually Boston's only trip to Orlando this year. Um, Really impressive game against the Houston Rockets. They kept pace with the Rockets. They really had that game in the bag until James Harden made some nice plays at the end of the game. Uh, Had the game won on an Al Horford tip-in, like two or three tip-ins actually, at the end that he just could not get to fall. So this is a very good Celtics team. They're still figuring each other out, still search, searching for their identity. But you know they're going to run a really efficient offense. They have the best. They have probably the best X's and O's guy in the league uh, in Brad Stevens uh, at, at, as a coach. He's going to make. He's going to find a way to break this defense. And so the Magic need to be very sharp defensively, which they 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 were sharp in their rotations in Tuesday's win, but. They weren't sharp in their one-on-one defense, and that really showed and, and hurt them as John Wall went for a big game. So, 7 o'clock at the Amway Center, Magic back home to face the Boston Celtics. Should be an interesting game. Another really important game. Boston's third in the East right now. Magic are still, I think, 10th in the East. Uh, you know, Still game out of the final playoff spot. Still too early to look at the standings, but this would be a nice win against a quality opponent for the Magic uh, if they're looking to take that next step. Uh, in their season and really kind of build off the momentum of their uh, road trip success. Uh, you don't want to come home and lay an egg. I mean, the Magic have been really good on the road, really struggled at home. And and like I said in, in the Power Rankings Roundup on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, yes, the Magic are rising. Yes, people are beginning to notice the Magic a little bit more, but they haven't been able to string together two consistent weeks in a row to really build some momentum. This is a chance to do that. Very tough week, four games and five nights but another opportunity to do that. So we'll see what the Magic bring with them to the Amway Center on Wednesday. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. A player, though, that has really been a large topic of conversation throughout the season and, and really for the last three years 
is probably one of the more inconsistent players on the team and one of the guys that the Magic certainly want to see more of. And I'm talking, of course, about Alfred Payton. From the very first moment he stepped onto the court on Tuesday night, he made a difference and made a difference in a way that he hasn't yet this season. First shot that came to him was a ball reversal. Got him in the corner and he just let it fly. He let it shoot without thinking, without hesitation. And that's something that is sometimes a struggle with Alfred Payton. No doubt, he struggles to shoot the ball. That's his biggest weakness. But Frank Vogel has encouraged him to take shots and to take shots confidently. And he's sometimes struggled with that. You can see him kind of hesitating and thinking out there. Tuesday night against the Wizards, Payton was not thinking. He was reacting. He was playing. And that made that made him that much more successful. That first shot went in, no, no thought. That's three points right there. Next shot, he got it in the opposite corner, shot it, no thought, it was good. And then he began to make the attack. He began to drive into the lane. He began to uh, uh, really kind of circle around, begin probing. He was looking to score. Uh, he was scoring. He was making shots, getting, getting separation and space on that floater. And the Wizards couldn't figure him out. He scored 20, 22 of his 25 points in the first half. Really two points shy of his career high to that point, to your, to your career high. Uh, and he really did a good job setting himself up. So in the second half, he began to set others up. The, defenses, the defense adjusted a little bit to him, made things a little bit tougher, and he just passed his way out of it because Alfred Payton, for all his inconsistency, is still probably the best playmaker on this team. The story with Alfred Payton for me was last year when the Magic were at their best. It was because Alfred Payton was at his best. He was the kind of player to me that just had something no one else on the Magic had, and that's the ability to get into the lane when really whenever he wanted and cause the defense to collapse without taking a shot. That's something this Magic team desperately needs. But the problem with Peyton last year was he couldn't do it consistently, especially on the defensive end. He really struggled to get stops on the defensive end, to do the simple thing of guarding a pick and roll, guarding a ball handler on a pick and roll. And that made the entire Magic defense really, really tough. And it began creating these question marks about Alfred Payton heading into the season, to the point that certainly some people legitimately wondered, can he be a starting point guard without a consistent jumper? I think, of course... Anyone can start in this league with the right roster. And, and I think Alfred Payton has starter talent and has starter ability. But it still comes down to, is he going to make that jumper? Is he going to be able to get into the paint? Is he going to be able to find the space to create for others? And with the Magic starting lineup the way it was, that was going to be very difficult for him. Because without the shooting, without the spacing, it's tougher to drive. Everyone finds it tougher. And so I think a big reason why Frank Vogel made the lineup change to bring DJ Augustin in the starting lineup was to create that space. And I think we've seen that balance in the last week. Since since the lineup change has been made, the Magic have been a better team on the offensive end while still maintaining that defense. And Alfred Payton has the talent to demolish backup point guards. The lineup change has been a bit of a mixed bag for Alfred Payton, though. He his his, his numbers are down. They've they're overall they're relatively flat. Um, they're they're about the same as they were last year. 
uh, except on the defensive end. His defensive box plus minus is back in the positive range, so he's playing better on that end, which is really important for what the Magic are trying to do. At the same time, though, his offense is kind of stagnated. He's taking more shots, he's shooting more confidently, but not necessarily making them. But games like Tuesday, where he has these big games, remind you exactly what his potential is. No one's asking Alfred Payton to score 25 points a night. But he has the ability to get into the paint, create space either through his float through his floater, which is very good, or to shoot confidently when he's open. He has that ability to make defenses react to him. And that's always the big key with Peyton. Defenses have to react to him. He has to play aggressively. And that's been part of the problem with Peyton too, is he doesn't always play aggressively. He sometimes will dribble around the perimeter kind of aimlessly trying to get the magic into something rather than attacking and trying to, again, get the defense to react to him. The magic, and this is with all due respect to DJ Augustin because I do like him and I do like what he's done for this magic team, but with all due respect to Mr. Augustin, the magic are a better team when Alfred Payton plays well. And Frank Vogel has the luxury of picking which point guard he chooses. He doesn't have to say, oh, DJ Augustin's going to close every game. If Alfred Payton's playing well like he was on Tuesday night, he's going to play a ton of minutes. I mean, Payton play, DJ Augustin only played 20 minutes in this game. Alfred Payton played 35, nearly 35 minutes. Frank Vogel was not afraid to turn to the hot hand here. And so Peyton can still earn those closing minutes that players covet. He just may not be starting. And Peyton has done a good job in this new role. And I think he has done generally a good job this season. But it's always about consistency. And the aggression is not always there from Alfred Peyton. We saw that Tuesday night. And that's why Peyton is still such an intriguing player. Still someone that you want to believe in and you want to have faith in and you want to see what he can do. Because he can have games like Tuesday night where he takes over and wins you the game. Even with John Wall attacking him and and and, and he torched everyone on that Magic defense. Even with all that, Peyton still pounded him and pressured him. Picked up three steals. When Wall was in the half court, not able to get north-south, Peyton stymied him. Made it very difficult for him. And created opportunities for the Magic to score. These games from Peyton are rarely a mistake. They just don't happen often enough. And I think that's kind of where Alfred Peyton's at. That's the next step in his development is play like this more often, dude. I think that's the only way to say it. And among the other questions, and and Peyton closed the game for the Magic, has been the way that they actually close games. It has not been a strong suit for the Orlando Magic to close basketball games. We saw what happened last week in Memphis, of course, and it just felt all too familiar. And this is something, actually, that the Magic have struggled with. The way the Orlando Magic are set up this year as a strong defensive team with, with unfortunately, a weak offense, 
they're going to play a lot of close games. It's very difficult for them to blow anyone out. And Wednesday and Tuesday doesn't fall in this category as quote-unquote clutch, according to NBA.com, which is NBA.com defines clutch as any game within five points in the final uh, five minutes of a game. So this, so last night's game doesn't count, but there were still some hints of this of these problems. The Orlando Magic have played the sixth most game, six most games that fit that definition. Fourteen games that are defined as clutch. They are seven and seven in those games, which, frankly, that is to be expected. To be seven and seven, uh, you you I, I tell people. Good teams don't win close games. Good teams avoid them. And you look at the teams that have played a lot of close games. There are a few good teams. The San Antonio Spurs, the Toronto Raptors, and the Toronto Raptors are 7-7-2. The Spurs are actually 13-2, which probably says a lot about the Spurs maybe being propped up a little bit here. Charlotte's 8-6 in close games. Boston coming in is 8-5. Washington is 5-8. Orlando is 7-7. So they're... They're 50-50 they're shot in these close games, essentially. But a deeper dive in the statistics show that, yes, the Magic do struggle late in games. Overall, in 44 minutes, so about a game of play in close games, they have a 98.9 offensive rating, which is actually better than their normal offensive rating, I believe, and a 108.2 defensive rating. It would appear then, and this is kind of my general conclusion, it would appear then that in close games, Orlando's offense is when Orlando's offense really lets their defense down. That is when the Magic really struggle with their offense more than anything because their defense can't sustain it anymore. It's been a problem throughout the season for this Magic team. Their defense is really good, gives them a chance to win. Their offense lets them down. And the defense can't hold the fort anymore. Defense gives you a chance to win, but offense will eventually win you the game. And what happens here in these late game situations is exactly that. The defense can't get the stops when the offense needs to make a comeback or when the offense needs to score. But it wasn't always like this way. Like this way. Orlando actually started the year pretty good in these close situations. Taking a look at the numbers from uh, from the first 10 games of the season, Orlando was really strong in close games, believe it or not. In the first 10 games of the season, the Magic were actually 4-2 in close games with a 106.7 offensive rating and a 101.8 defensive rating. That Those wins over Philadelphia, over Washington... I remember saying on the podcast, those games took some grit. Beating Sacramento the way they did. Beating Dallas the way they did. Those games took some grit. Yes, those were overmatched opponents. The Magic probably should have beaten a little bit easier. But to gut those games out when you don't have your best stuff, that said something to me. That said something about the character of this team in some ways. Just as much as losing that 14-point lead against the Grizzlies, that also said something about the team. Maybe a mixed message about the team. But Orlando was winning these games early in the season. You can certainly claim that the weaker it was weaker competition, and that's why they were winning these games. But there was something there. And the Magic have 
largely fallen back to earth since then in close games. Tuesday night, the Magic had a 20-point lead against the Washington Wizards in, in the third quarter. Slowly, Washington began chipping it away. Orlando would always have the run to keep them at bay, but there was a moment late in that game where the Magic turned the ball over a little bit too much and allowed Washington back in the game. And with the way Wall was playing, a comeback was on the table. Washington did get it to eight points. They did cut that lead down to eight points. They were scoring at will, and the defense wasn't there. But the game ended. The run was stopped. Because Peyton found Jeff Green for a short floater, and he made it. Because the Magic were able to make the shots that they needed. And that's still, of course, the key to, to, to this whole cl- clutch problem. You know, we, we ask, why do the Magic struggle in these clutch situations? It can't just be experience, right? I think that's part of it. But it could certainly also be poor offensive execution. When you get late in games, your execution on both ends of the floor becomes all the more important. And typically, offenses do tend to get a little more stagnant. And so your one-on-one play matters a lot more too. And I think if the Magic do want to improve their clutch play, they need to abandon isolation play and, and slowing the slowing the game down unnecessarily and just run their offense. Don't treat the last two minutes any differently than you would treat the first two minutes. Get a good shot, no matter when it is, and take that shot and make it. This is going to be something we're going to watch throughout the season because the Magic have played 22 games now and 14 of them have been considered close. I think the Magic have played maybe only three games where they won that you would not consider close in any way. Uh, That would be Philadelphia, Detroit, and maybe even not Detroit counts as that, but... Certainly the Philadelphia game last Friday, as well as tonight's game against the Wizards, but even that had some nervous moments. So I think the Magic are going to still end up playing a lot of close games, and this will be something that we'll watch throughout the season. Right now, yes, the Magic are struggling a little bit with closing out those games and winning those close games. The question will be, can they change, can they turn that around and take that next step? Uh to win these games because ultimately their season may be decided by them. Tuesday night was a big first step for getting a 20-point lead and holding on to that 20-point lead and, of course, coming home with a 4-1 and road trip. We'll see what happens Wednesday against the Celtics, a much more formidable opponent, and, of course, the next time the Magic are involved in a close game, we will certainly be watching that as well. That will do it for today's show. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Locked on Magic podcast. Uh, of course, you can follow us on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun places. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and on Facebook. Go ahead and search Locked on Magic and like us on Facebook as well. I'll be doing another mailbag on AlanaMagicDaily.com. Hopefully, I'll have that written over the weekend and, and publish it early next week. So be sure to submit your questions if you haven't already. It's not too late. Uh, you can submit questions to me on Twitter at OmagicDaily or on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. You can also send me questions uh, on uh, via email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. Appreciate all the comments, all the love that we get. Be sure to leave us an iTunes ranking if you have not already. It does help us climb the rankings. Let everyone know when they search Orlando Magic that they're not finding you know Disney stuff. And although I love Disney stuff, I love theme park stuff, 
The Death Star is freaking at Epcot right now. It's amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we we want people to find find the real Orlando Magic. And that's that's the NBA Orlando Magic. So uh, we do appreciate all the love that we get uh, on the comments as well as the ratings. So be sure to... Be sure to help us out there. Um, that'll do it for me. Uh, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you tomorrow after the Magic's game against the Boston Celtics over at the Amway Center. Until then, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.